like with Jason this week, no Joe. Unfortunately, he's too busy, uh, you know, trying to lock down the house and whatnot. Uh, so he's got stuff to deal with. So Jason and I will uh, hold down the fort tonight. Um, we'll have a quick, nice little quick show tonight. Uh, obviously, some Stanley Cup final stuff that we can get to. Uh, but first, I want to talk about, uh, start off by saying that Don Sweeney uh, was interviewed in Buffalo for the GM meetings and discussed uh, trading the first-round pick this year, number 18 overall. Uh, there's reports that this year's draft class is a weak draft class compared to last year, where last year was sort of more deep. Um, and also, with the with the way the Bruins have a ton of prospects in their system already, I'm okay with this. But obviously, I don't want Sweeney just to trade the pick away for, for nothing. I think if he's going to trade the pick away, you're going to get something good in return, whether it's a, a top-four defenseman, you know, a, a left-wing forward to put with, with Krejci. I mean, I'm not just trading this pick away just to trade this pick away. If Don Sweeney's thinking about trading this pick, he's got to get something in return and something of value in return because, uh, you know, they discussed this earlier a little bit on Felger Mass, and I kind of agree with it uh, for the little bit that I heard when they were discussing Bruins, is that Sweeney has drafted way better than he's had at trading than he has been at trading. I mean, you look at some of his trades he made. Lee Stempniak, not good. Lyle's not good. Um, I mean... So the Hamilton trade's kind of iffy right now, but I mean, some people some people say that that deal wasn't good. Zach Ronaldo was a terrible trade. I feel like, and some of his NHL signings have been kind of bad too. Like Bolesky hasn't worked out yet, uh, and one of the big trades that also hasn't worked out either is Jimmy Hayes for Riley Smith. But the Bruins are stacked with prospects because Sweeney's been drafting and developing players, and he's been adamant about not you know rushing the process, and he wants to buy time for the younger kids to grow. So I am okay with Sweeney trading this pick, but it's got to be for something of value, Jason. Um, you know what, and that's the truth. You know, it does have to be something of value to play into it in the uh, in the NHL draft. I mean, I could definitely see them shopping the pick if it's not a big draft because of his other draft picks getting better. So it might be a good move. Sweeney might be really turning this around, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't be against him trading the pick because he does have a lot of players that are going to be coming up in the next few years. And his drafting has been fantastic, and the players in Providence have been playing well. So, it's an it's a good option to have. Oh, yeah, it's a great option to have, and especially because, I mean, two years ago, they had the three picks in a row, 13, 14, 15. Last year, they had two first-round picks with, with, um, with McAvoy, and then uh, they put Trent Frederick in the in the later rounds because they had the pick from San Jose. They also had a ton of second round picks. When you look at you know Jeremy Lazon, uh, they have uh, Brandon Carlo second round pick, and then they've had some uh, Jacob Forsbacher Carlson. Uh, they just signed Andrews Bjork, who's been impressive. Dan Heinen they just signed last year. I mean they they signed Frank Vetrano was an unrestricted free agent. I mean you look at up and down the I mean Pashnik's still young. We're gonna I'm gonna get Pashnik a little bit more in the in a little bit, but I mean, you look at all these players they have coming up through their system that are supposed to be pretty good prospects that are young and ready to go. That's why I'm okay if Sweeney moves this pick this year. I mean, they've made a bunch of picks recently. They've signed some young players. They're all ready to make the, hopefully the leap. Uh, you know, Sinitian just signed. They have Gabriel that just signed. They have DeBrusque who had a full year in, in Providence last year. I mean, they even still have Austin Zarnick who they signed. I mean, you look up, up and down the the Bruins roster and the Providence roster, and they have prospects that are forming forming at the bit to get into this game. Uh, I mean, to get into this roster, excuse me. So 
I'm okay if Sweeney makes this trade. If, but like I said, don't just give it away to give it away. Because sometimes you can hit gold in the 18 range in the NHL draft. I mean, we've seen we've seen some players come in that range before. I mean, McAvoy last year was 14, and he looks like a stud. So I mean, it's not that, it's not like you can't get a good player there. But but there's a name you haven't mentioned from last year too that you hear I hear off and on, but he's going to be a decent player. And that's Trent Frederick. Watch out for no, him I, too. I, yeah, I mentioned the Bruins drafted him, but I mean, he's still he's only going to be a sophomore at Wisconsin, so I and he's not going to sign with the Bruins just yet. So that's kind of why I left left them off the list for right now. I mean, but there's just a lot of players that are in Providence and trying to crack the Bruins roster next year. Well, I mean, and I know sometimes draft picks are, sometimes can be two or three years away, but if the Bruins have this young nucleus coming up through Providence and into the into Boston, it's okay to make one trade for a first round pick this year. And everyone's been saying it's a weak draft. And if it's a weak draft, by all means, go right ahead, trade it. But you better trade for something good because I just discussed how some of Sweeney's trades have sucked. It's it's true. Uh, Sweeney hasn't had the best of luck with trades. You know, maybe he'll learn from his failures because you know the Bruins have a good young squad coming up, and it's it's true. He really hasn't had the best of luck with trades, but he 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 might be able to turn it around. Hey, yeah, hopefully he needs to trade, turn it around, but we don't know. His track record right now says drafting good, trading, and signing players in, in NHL free agency bad. But that shouldn't scare him away from that. Don't let it scare him away. I still say keep trying, but only if it's the right deal. And it's the deal that he thinks is going to help the team for the long term. Yeah, it's definitely going to see what happens with the long term. I think it's going to be interesting to see with the with the expansion draft coming up, too, what what happens with this Bruins team? I see. I'm pretty sure Colin Miller's going to be the one that gets taken. You think so? That's what you hear constantly lately. And Kevin Miller seems to have really impressed. I know the lists haven't come out yet, but I almost want to place... If I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'm placing my money on Vegas taking Colin Miller. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely looking that way right now. Uh, I'm just interested to see if the Bruins might maybe able to make, swing a trade with Vegas, maybe for Matt Pulaski, something like that, where that would count as the Bruins' pers- like player they gave up, and that way they keep Kevin Miller and Colin Miller, because that seems to be the, a pretty big debate right now. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that expansion draft. And if Sweeney's open to trading the first-round pick, obviously that could mean someone else is coming into the fold. Obviously, that could happen at, on draft night, and it might not even be involved with the expansion draft, but... If Sweeney trades the first-round pick before the expansion draft, that could be another player that he has to protect, too. So, I mean, with the Stanley Cup coming to a close, it's going to be – which I want to talk about the Stanley Cup in in just a few minutes. But with that coming coming to a close, it's going to be a great couple weeks once the Stanley Cup ends to see what what happens with Vegas, who's protected, who they take from the Bruins, and then, then the NHL draft. I mean, it's going to be a fun month coming up for the Boston Bruins. Oh, it's, it's going to be a fun month. I mean, we got three more fantastic Stanley Cup games to finish, and then uh, all hell is going to break loose in the NHL. I tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be great. I mean, you'll see you see some of um the uh, Pierre LeBron Pierre LeBron, excuse me, tweeting about uh, some of Vegas Vegas's moves might already be made, but they don't want to make it official because they don't want to take away from the Stanley Cup Finals, which I think is pretty great. I mean. It's gonna, like you said. I, I, I'm excited for what's to come with this team. Um, and when Sweeney also uh, made uh, spoke to the media in Buffalo at the GM meetings, he also talked about how 
Caprice Bergeron and Tuka Rask are both improving pretty well from off-season surgery. I think that's great, great to hear, obviously, because sometimes surgeries have complications, and sometimes players can take a little bit longer to heal from than others. But it's good to see that they, they're both improving and uh, doing, they're doing very well. No, it is good to see them both improving and doing well. It shows that they're going to be ready for next season. Um, you know, they still got a long way to go because you never know what can happen during training camp or what random injuries can come up, but it's good to hear that they're doing well and see that Don Sweetie is keeping up with them. Absolutely, but the one thing I'm kind of worried about is uh, Peter Solarek. Remember the Bruins called him up and he was playing with Krejci and Pashnik towards the end of the season? Yeah, so I remember his name clearly. He was uh, that yeah. Russian kid. Uh, check, he's, uh, check, he's check. Yes. Sorry. Yes. But, no, it's okay. But remember when we were like, what the hell happened to him? Where is he? Injured. Yeah, he got shoulder surgery. And Don Sweeney said it's, it's, he's well on his way to recovery, but it's a long one because of the nature of the injury. And this scares me because obviously shoulder injuries can be can be long. And, and this seems like it's going to be a long one. This this might hurt Solaric's chances of making the opening day roster. And I thought... You know, he had some offensive upside to his game when he played with Krejci and Pashnik. I was hoping that could be maybe a line going forward. Uh, maybe Solari could be on the third line to give offense up and down the lineup. I mean, this would be a really unfortunate situation for Solari, who I thought had a chance to really make the club next year. Um, you know, with that surgery, uh, certainly doesn't help him out any. Like, you know, I feel I got got a feel for the kid on that one. Um. He probably he probably won't be ready for the start of the season, but I still don't think it hurts his chances completely of making the roster at some point next season. I think once he gets healthy, he needs to focus on just being healthy and getting a hundred percent healthy. He's still young. Well, yeah, he's still young, but with with some of the other younger players they have, someone might be more hungry. You know, they have Danton Hine and they have Jake DeBrusque. I mean, they have a bunch of other young players that are going to be hungry to make the roster too. And I feel like it could be something like Vetrano. Remember, remember when Vetrano got hurt last year? And he, uh, it took him a while to get back into the flow of things and get healthy. I just hope it's not something like that. Obviously, there's been no timetable put on Solaric's injury. But it, it would just be very upsetting. Uh, I mean, very frustrating, I should say, not upsetting, if Solaric can't, can't start the year with the big club. or even It, it know, would be, and, fr- it would be frustrating for Solaric. Now, if Solaric and the rest of these younger players play hard and fight out for that roster spot, Having too many players playing for one or two spots is the best position the Bruins could be in as a team. Yep, let them battle it out, right? Because you battle it out, you have assets. Assets leads to trade, leads to teams wanting them, meaning teams will overpay for those kind of players. Yeah, you know, I remember we talked about last week the Bruins signed Bjork, and it seems that Don Sweeney's pretty excited about Anders Bjork as well. I mean, he said uh, they believe he's ready to come in and challenge with his skill set. And that he's got the hockey sense, he's got speed, and he's got skill. And um, they spent some time with him in development camp. Uh, and he missed the upper, like he said, he missed the opportunity that JFK had and, and McAvoy had because they were able to get some some games in at the NHL level. Because uh, Bjork's team went to the Frozen Four, so he wasn't able to um, get an NHL game under his belt. But I said this when the Bruins signed him. He's gonna he's gonna push for an opening day roster spot as well. Um, I thought he was one of the best players in college hockey. Uh, obviously, he helped Notre Dame get to the Frozen Four. He was their best player, in my opinion, as well as their goalie, Cal Peterson. But uh, Anders Bjork's going to uh, put himself in the best position to make the roster, and I think he could have a, a very surprising year. I mentioned this in one of our tweets last week from our last week's show. I'm going to compare Anders Bjork to Jimmy Vesey because of the position in which 
Both had to be signed to join the roster. VC jumped ship from the opportunity at the Bruins, and Bjork didn't. And it makes the argument, you know, which player could be better, Bjork or VC. Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to see who ends up being better. I think uh, Bjork has a really good skill set, but I think VC obviously had a great year with the Rangers this year, but uh, honestly, Bjork hasn't had an NHL game under his belt yet. It's going to be interesting to see how he does, but... Um, so the Bruins hit on this pick with Anders Bjork. Uh, if I'm the Bruins, I might even consider putting them with, with Bergeron and Marchand to start the year. Uh, they did it with Riley Smith when Riley Smith came over in the Tyler Sagan trade. So I don't see why not putting him up there, see what he can do, even if it's just in preseason. See uh, see how he looks there and, and give him the opportunity to start right away. No, you know, what do the Bruins have to lose? Mix it up. They have a... The Bruins are in a fan, and this is why I say the Bruins are in a fantastic position, not just now, but for the long term. This team, you know, how do I, if I word this correctly, this team had a big opportunity to go far in the playoffs if it wasn't for the Senators and a couple of dumb offside calls, which I want to get into later in the show, about replay, what they're going to be working on. But the Bruins, the Bruins have a good young roster, and they fought hard for uh, P- Bruce Cassidy. So the Bruins have options, and it's fun to watch, and it's exciting for this team. Absolutely, and uh, obviously I think one of the biggest off-season priorities for the Bruins is David Pashnik. Uh He's still not signed with the club. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, and uh, as we've been seeing lately, teams have been uh, hesitant to offer a big contract to their restricted free agent because they don't want it to end up happening to, to their restricted free agent down the road. Um, so it, but. It seems that talks are moving in the right direction, as according to Sweeney. Obviously, Pasnick had a breakout year last year with 34 goals and, and 36 assists. Um, as Sweeney said, Pasnick's agent, J.P. Barry, and I have sat down. We've had some good discussions, and Sweeney said it's moving in the right direction. Timeline I don't have, but we expect to complete a deal and for him to be a long-term member of the Boston Bruins. That's our intention. That's good to hear. Usually, uh, GMs and agents don't give updates on contract extensions, I mean, contract talks, because... They're to keep them in-house, but if they're openly talking about this, it seems that it's heading in the right direction, as Sweeney's saying. I mean, you had Pashnik come out and openly say he wants to be part of the of the Bruins going forward, and he loves Boston. So all good signs coming from the, from the Pashnik camp for the Bruins to be able to lock him up to a deal soon. You know, the one thing I like about David Pashnik that seems like is the difference between him and Tyler Sagan is Pashnik is showing a lot of professionalism, especially with the Bruins and the way that they're handling things. I genuinely think the Bruins like David Pasternak and want to give him a fair a fair con- contract based on what he's shown. I genuinely think that Pasternak wants to stay. So I could see this being worked out before training camp. Oh, I think it's going to be worked out before training camp. I don't think it's going to be something like where Truba where Truba missed like half the season last year. I think I think they'll get it, they'll be able to get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm just I can't see I can't see Pasternak doing that to the Bruins. I just I couldn't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. I'm just interested to see how long and how much money the term is going to be and how much how much he's going to sign for. Obviously, uh, you've been seeing recently that these bridge deals kind of have been uh, off the table, I should say. That, that, that young players are starting to you know, sign, sign long-term deals now. You have Johnny Gaudreau, you had Sean Monaghan, just to name a few. In, um, in Calgary, I mean, it just seems that he's going to sign a bigger contract than I thought he was going to get, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the Marchand deal ended up being a fair value deal for Marchand and the Bruins, and I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if Pasternak does the same. You know, I think Pasternak is playing with a bunch of players on the Boston Bruins that are clearly professionals. 
I think that he's gotten the energy from working with these players, and I could see Pasternak getting a fair market deal. I could, from the talks between Sweeney and Pasternak, it seems like there's an agreement somewhere already in there, and seeing that, it shows that they're going to come up with a deal that's fair for each side. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Pasternak was one of the bright spots for this Bruins team last year. He's still a young player. Has the opportunity to even get better than he was last year. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty scary to think about. He had 67 points last year, and he has an opportunity to even get uh, even better. Excuse me, he had 70 points last year. But the opportunity for him to get better and grow as a player is, is still there. And um, the one thing I, I worry about with some of these players is once they get paid, they start to, you know, coast a little bit. But it seems like he's hungry enough to not do that, and I hope it doesn't happen to him. No, I, I couldn't see it being that way. I'm, I, have a, I have a positive mindset when it comes to this, for sure. Yeah, now, Jason, you said you wanted to mention something about the the, off, the, the challenge. Is that right? Yes, well, you're hearing around the NHL while these Stanley Cup players are going on that, you know, the NHLPA and the Board of Governors are working on making some minor changes with the offside replay and the challenges. And, you know, I think it's about time that this issue is addressed because of how much it affected the Bruins and it affected the Predators in Game 1 of the timing of when you can challenge for an offside rule. That you shouldn't be able to challenge an offside rule 30 seconds after the play happened. That's taking it too far. That's taking, and if the NHL is trying to get more goals, that's not how you do it. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, I totally agree. I think this rule is stupid. I've been saying it's stupid even that, even though it like it affects the, not even if that it just affects the Bruins. What I mean, I think it's stupid regardless. That um, like you said, they were in, one, in game one when uh, it was offsides. Pittsburgh had the puck. They turned it over, and then Nashville scored. Pittsburgh got the opportunity to get the puck and shoot it out of their zone. They could have iced it. They could have flipped it out. Whatever. They they had the opportunity to get the puck out of the zone. They didn't. And then Pittsburgh challenges for offsides. You shouldn't be able to do that. I don't like it. Pittsburgh had control of the puck. They got to they gotta fix it. And what I proposed was once the puck changes possessions. So, for example, if the Bruins are playing, say, Pittsburgh, and the Bruins are offsides, um, and they come right down, and they come right in and score off the rush. Say it's a, a three on two, and the Bruins are offsides, and they score from the slot right off the, right after the play. Fine, challenge that. That shouldn't be a goal. But if the Bruins come down three on two, go offsides, but they shoot the puck wide, and then. Uh, Pittsburgh has an opportunity. Pittsburgh has an opportunity to to clear the zone. The puck comes up the wall. You know, Crosby tries to flip it out, but you know, Chara stops it and shoots it on net, and it's a goal. I'm sorry, you shouldn't be able to challenge that. You shouldn't. That should be a goal. Crosby. If the opposing team touches the puck before the offsides call is made, they shouldn't be able to switch it around. Yes, it shouldn't. That's be how. Like that. I, that's what I would say. Yeah, it's as simple as that. As simple as that. It's not rocket science. That's all we're looking for. But that's it. But, like, I mean, these offsides rules for that, they're looking at the stupid iPads for four, three to five minutes and determining whether his skate blade was up in the air or not, like, by a hair, and the puck went in the net, like, 30 seconds after the offsides was even called. Like, what are we doing here? And, I mean, they, the, the offsides rule is made for a reason, but not for these ticky-tack couple of centimeter calls that are inconclusive. Yeah. That, that's what needs to be changed for the sake of the game. Because it's ruining yeah, like, the speed of the game. Right, and like you said, they want more goals. Well, if you want more goals, then stop calling this baloney, stop calling these baloney 
stupid ticky tack offsides call. I will say or, credit the coaches for finding the loophole. That's all oh, I'm saying. That, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you got to find a way to, you know, do what you can as a coach to get a goal called back, and they're following the rules. But this has got to get switched. It's got to get switched. Yeah, no, it's got to. So that's why I, I wanted to vent that out there, bring it up, because it's been a big topic around the NHL this last week. No, absolutely. I think it's been a huge topic, like you said. And um, but now let's get to those Stanley Cup final finals. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh was up two games to none the last time we talked. And it looked like it, it had the potential, potential keyword, potential, to be a short series. But Nashville comes out. Their building was rocking. They were ready to go. Man, I want to watch a game in Nashville so bad, by the way. Like, does that not look like the best place to watch a game? You know what? I finally, finally got a chance to sit down and watch a little bit of a hockey game that wasn't working yesterday. Finally. Um, that Nashville crowd is awesome. What passion. But, I will say this. Yes, Pittsburgh won those first two games, but Nashville dominated both of them. And this series is reminiscent of 2011. Of how Nashville is playing smash-mouth hockey, and they're eventually they're just wearing down this Penguins team, shooting the puck on that constantly, and getting to Murray finally. And this is fun to watch. Oh, it's been really exciting. Uh, every game, I think, has been exciting. Uh, the crowd's great in Nashville. I think even the Pittsburgh crowd uh, has been really good too. Well, like you said, it's been uh, defense. Nashville's more of a defensive style play, and Pittsburgh's more of an offensive style play. I think I think it's I think you're onto something there. with saying it's like 2011, where you know Nashville's like the Bruins, where they had uh, a good goalie, a decent, uh, really good defense. You know, forwards that were just up and down the lineup were solid. They weren't didn't have any superstar forward, especially with Johansson out. And Vancouver's like Pittsburgh, where they had all the all the offensive guys going, and uh, it's interesting to see going forward. And then now you have Pittsburgh being non-committal to Matt Murray going forward. And you kind of had the same thing before when they were leaving Pittsburgh, where the, where Peter Lavalette was not sure if he was going to play uh, Pekka Rene in Game Three. I mean, this is you got to stick with these goaltenders. You got to stick with these goaltenders and let them play out. Have some faith in them. I think I so mean, too, but it's it's just funny that it's even being discussed. Because that's how much this series has been a whirlwind and how everything's just been going everywhere. I mean, it's been a, it's been a crazy four games, but absolutely absurd. It has, but what have you noticed in the shots on goal in those four games? Because there's one thing about those shots on goal that has stayed consistent. Yeah, uh, Nashville's been out shooting Pittsburgh. Which makes me think, and I'm going to compare this Nashville team to the Bruins team, and this Nashville team, as much as they're defensive... They are more smash mouth as well, which means their offense will take it to you. My biggest surprise, and you're going to hear the name, Frederick Goudreau scoring his first three career goals in the Stanley Cup play- in the Stanley Cup Finals, and un- a guy that was at one point undrafted. Yeah, that's why I think it's really crazy to see these Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, how there's so many different storylines. National has like 20 different goal scorers. I mean... It's just bananas. They don't have really any big-name forwards, and they're finding a way to get it done. And like you said, they're out shooting Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh used to be an offensive team. I mean, they have Crosby, they have Malkin, they have Kessel. I mean, superstars up and down the Pittsburgh offense, and they can't get anything going, really, because Nashville's been taking it to them. I will say the last game was pretty much, I think, one of the most even games of the series, even though Nashville ended up winning 4-1. Uh, to um, Pacorino played spectacular. I mean, that diving save he had... 
a couple of big saves on breakaways. And he would have had a shutout if it wasn't for the puck going off the post off of him and in on a Sidney Crosby goal. Um, another name to me that stands out for Pittsburgh, who's been a, world, a lightning shot and a whirlwind and a good whirlwind, is Jake Gunsel. Yeah, Jake Gensel has one goal back in her time a rookie record in the NHL playoffs. It's he's been up spectacular. But I am I'm I didn't even hear I didn't even know who Jake Gunsel was to this NHL playoffs. Do you know what he has the luxury of, of doing though is playing with Crosby? And if people hate Crosby, people say he's a, he's a baby, he's a he's a a bitch or whatever he is, he's an asshole, whatever you want to call Sidney Crosby. Every name in the book, people hate him, people despise him. He's one of the best players in the NHL. He is. There's no denying that. And every time he, someone plays with them, they're better. I mean, like you said, you never heard of Jake Gensel. He's been playing with Connor Sherry. I mean, he's playing with Rust. He's playing even Kunitz. Kunitz is always a solid. Kunitz is always a good player. But I mean, when he played with Crosby, he was laying it up. I mean, then you had James Neal who played with Crosby and scored 40 goals. He never scored 40 goals again. Crosby's, Crosby makes players around him so much better, and he's never really, really had a superstar around him. And there was another reference, too. I'm going to keep this going. Um, Jimmy Murphy tweeted out yesterday, the uh, former Canadians on the National Predators. Not just P.K. Subban, but remember Yannick Weber? Yeah, I do, actually. Imagine that. Those two players and the former Canadians getting the cup before uh, the actual Canadians. Well, it's not over just yet, Jason. Uh, game five's going back to Pittsburgh. I, it's true, Game 5 is going back to Pittsburgh, and Pecorine has struggled in Pittsburgh. But um, I'm still sticking to my guns in my prediction, which uh, the Predators are going to win it. It's just, the Predators dominated the first game. They have a smash ball team, and I have a feel, and my gut tells me that they're going to wear Pittsburgh out. It might as well if, I, it might as well happen. It could happen. Um, I think it's it, 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 it's looking like right now it's going to go seven games. And what more can you ask for? You can't. Games, it's Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs game seven. There's nothing more you can ask for. Is there? Because I I it, I think Pittsburgh needs to win game five though. Because Pittsburgh has to win game five. Cause I don't know how they can win in Nashville. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Nashville's uh, they won't, they've only lost one game in home ice the entire playoff series. I mean playoff run. Excuse me. Um, I I just can't. I mean, they Pittsburgh played pretty well last game, but I mean that place is just rocking, it's loud, it's bananas, everyone's going crazy, everyone's standing up, they're they're chanting, uh, they're they're yelling at uh, the goalie. I mean, it's just a absolutely wildly entertaining event there. But I think Pittsburgh has to win game five because if Pittsburgh goes back to Nashville, if, if it goes back to Nashville 3-2, Nashville, oh, that place is going to be literally the most hectic place I've ever seen in my entire life. I was saying back here before I make my prediction to go through the last three games when it comes to uh, certain scores. Just to see if I can figure out. Yeah, no, Predators won that game. Shots on goal. Shots on goal there. The home games. Predators dominated and lost. Yeah, I know. And the reason, and my prediction is that the Predators will win against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Because they've dominated those first two games in Pittsburgh. The only reason they lost was because Matt Murray stood on his head. So, are, and so Pecorino was six? awful. I could see the Predators winning in six, yeah. Predators in six? I mean, I, as of Finish, right now... Finishing I, in six. I, I, I mean, I want to see seven-game series, but I could see them finishing in six. Because I think Rene is due. Uh, Rene might be due, but like you said, it all depends on how he plays in Pittsburgh. 
Like he's he's been sucking in Pittsburgh. It all depends on how if he shows up. If he shows up, Pittsburgh. I mean, nah, Nashville could easily win in Pittsburgh. I feel like, but as of, if if you told me uh, Penguins in six, Nashville in six, Penguins in seven, Nashville in seven, I don't think I could argue with you anyway. To be honest, because I think that's how this play, that's how it's been going. I think either team can win, and it's been great to see. I'm excited to see it. I, I'm just hoping it goes seven. That's what I want. I hope it goes seven because. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. For the sake of my prediction coming true, I want these Predators to win it as soon as humanly possible for the sake of my anxiety. Because if that prediction I had from the start of the playoffs comes true, it's it's insane. Wait, you're getting you're getting anxiety from these games? Yeah. Because Why? I've, not, it's not even the Bruins. Because I've never predicted in my entire life a team that's an eight seed to win a Stanley Cup. Well, it doesn't happen often. That's no. Why? No, it doesn't. That's why. It's, that's why I'm anxious about. It. I want the Predators to win just to prove how lucky I am. Yeah, I mean, I could. So you're saying Predators in six? Yes. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Penguins in seven, just to just to be opposite of you, because uh, you had Nashville the whole way. I don't want to steal your steal your thunder and jump on jump on your bandwagon. So I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna say Pittsburgh in seven, uh, just because I'm hoping it goes seven, just because I want. I want Pittsburgh so I can win money. It's not because I want Penguins. <laughs> I, I get that I want, completely. It's not because I want them to win the cup. I just want to win money. But so I'll, I'll say I'll say Pitt in seven. Uh, I think it's uh, also I can't wait for the offseason too because of some of these rumors that you were hearing uh, before we before we sign off. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk's trying to make a comeback, which I think would be great. Uh, obviously, he left and went to Russia, and then um, people are starting to get on these Alex Ovechkin trade rumors. It's, I heard the Calgary Flames were made a big offer. Yeah, I mean, there's... Including, there's Sam ben, including Sam Bennett in there and a couple of the first-round picks. Yeah, I haven't seen anything crazy about... Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen any solid offers, I should say, but uh, the rumors are starting to pick up. Kovalchuk's starting to make a comeback. Ovechkin's on the market. You have uh, Evander Kane and Buffalo on the market. Um, so it's coming down the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, the expansion draft to the NHL draft and to free agency and... Here we go. This, it's going to be pedal to the metal for the next month and a half. I, I would say next month. Yeah, maybe, yeah true. Maybe, maybe month oh, and no, a half. Not, if, we, if we include development camp, too, it would be month and a half. Maybe month and a half. Uh, I think once in, the, once in the middle of July hits, that's when it starts to slow down and then become the dog days of, uh, of summer August. Before, yeah. Before, yeah, before the season starts. And in August, we'll be sitting here trying to discuss line combinations and whatnot. But... Uh, but this has been a great Stanley Cup playoffs. It was great to get some Bruins news in here, Don. I gotta add one more story, Mike. I wanna know if you saw this video. You you remember Ilya Berthgalov, right? Yes. Do you, have you seen a video circulating around Facebook about him going around Nashville? Wait. Wait, wait, wait sorry, repeat that? A video of him going around Nashville. He was going around Nashville talking to a bunch of the players. I saw this video this morning when I woke up, it was absolutely hilarious. He was using his personality to go around Nashville as a reporter, he got to smash a uh, car that was a car that was Pittsburgh Penguins. I have to go find it again, but it was a really funny video. Oh, that's pretty funny. And also, one more thing I want to add to is uh, Charles Barkley just being an NHL fan and ripping on the NBA. I thought was spectacular. I missed that, so we, you and I both missed something. <laughs> yeah, I mean Charles Barkley was an NBA commentator, just ripping on that, ripping on the NBA and how the Stanley Cup playoffs have been so much better in the. NBA playoffs are so boring, and I mean, it, it was great to see that someone, that NBA commentator, appreciate the Stanley Cup playoffs because I think 
Some te- some people don't don't like hockey, which is fine. I get it. You don't like hockey. You can't like all sports, but um, just give it. A ch- if you give hockey a chance, I guarantee you, people will fall in love with it. It's true. I'm trying to get people into hockey as I speak because the people who know I'm a podcaster. Well, there you go. Getting people involved, Jason. Trying to. Yeah, got to start somewhere, right? Got to start somewhere. But it's going to be a busy couple, a couple next few weeks, probably the next month, month and a half, as Jason said, with uh, everything coming up. Um, so Jason has Preds in six. I have Penguins in seven. Uh, we're hoping to get Joe back next week and discuss a little bit about some of the upcoming Bruins free agents and see who the Bruins should keep and who they should maybe let go. Uh, we'll also discuss who, who wins the Cup and um, – some of the off-season news going on, but we'll be back next week. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at MikeSetup22. You can follow Jason at JasonBuckley91. And you can follow our personal account at Bruins underscore Beat. And you can also uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher, right, Jason? Yes, you can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. Um, you also, at the Pittsburgh Penguins series, go seven. We'll be doing our show just after the days after Game Six, so we won't know that. We won't know the winner of the Cup playoffs till the week after. Oh yeah, good point. Good point because it'll be on Wednesday, and we usually do the show on Monday or Tuesday. So, very very good point. So that's gonna be interesting. So, forget to point that out. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It makes sense. But uh, we'll be back to discuss. Maybe someone will win it though. You never know. Never know. But all right, we'll be back next week. You can find. Yeah, I did that, Mike. You're good. I already did do that. Yeah, I did. Sorry, a little bit. It's been a hectic week with with stuff going on, but uh, we will be back next week to discuss more Bruins-related stuff, Stanley Cup playoffs, and some off-season news. Uh, Be sure to tune in, and we'll be back next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.